everyone, and welcome to my sauntering podcast. My name is Paul White, and I live in a gorgeous place called Weymouth, and this podcast is a collection of saunters that were born in lockdown, but it's also got some additional stuff which is just fresh, hot off the press. I'm praying that you'll be really blessed and that God will speak into your heart as we take this journey together. So please go ahead and hit the subscribe button to keep updated with the very latest sauntering podcasts. Today we're sauntering in the book of 1 Corinthians, Paul's incredible letter. It's so famous um, and it's so important to us. Good morning, Kathy. And so I'm really excited. We're on chapter two today. So let's pray. Holy Spirit, thank you so much for this incredible book written by the Apostle Paul. Thank you, Lord, that it speaks to us today. Thank you, Lord, that you inhabit it and you live in it. And we invite you into our homes today. We ask you to come with all your miracle work in power and revelation and invade our lives in Jesus' name. Amen. So good. So Remember, we were talking yesterday about how um, Paul was saying, listen, guys, God's chosen the foolish things to kind of frustrate and confound the wise things, the things that are wise by human standards. God's chosen the foolish things. And he's I love this message. It's such an incredibly wonderful, empowering message for people like me who are very aware of their shortcomings and weaknesses. And Paul goes on to kind of talk some more about that in this next chapter. So in chapter two, so he says, and I, when I came to you, brothers, did not come proclaiming to you the testimony of God with lofty speech or wisdom, for I decided to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. And he says, I was with you in weakness and in fear and with much trembling, and my speech and my message were not implausible words of wisdom, but in demonstration of the spirit and of power. And this is so, so, so cool. And he says that your faith might not rest in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. And so Paul says, listen, when I came to you, you can remember what it was like. I was literally trembling. Now, I I would question that this Apostle Paul, this fearless man of God, was not trembling because of the people he was talking to or because he was intimidated in the slightest by them. I believe that this great Apostle was trembling in the presence of God. He was kind of consumed with this message, consumed by the Holy Spirit, and his whole being was kind of buzzing and vibrating. And he was so conscious of his own human frailty and yet so desiring that the power of God come and be evidence through him. Good morning, Colin and Fran and Sandy. Great to have you with us. And if you're listening on the radio, I hope it's loud enough. I hope it's working. Give some give some feedback. That would be really helpful. Um, so um, he says, listen, 
I, I was literally here in trembling in fear when I was among you, but it, it was like, I believe that Apostle Paul only feared one, and that was the Lord himself. And I, I think he he's kind of, he goes on to say, he says, my speech and my message were not implausible um, words of wisdom. He said, I didn't come with lofty speech. I didn't come to try and be a great orator. I didn't come to wow you with my presentation styles and my incredible speaking ability. I came to demonstrate the power of the message of the cross. And he says that that your faith might not rest on men's wisdom, but on the power of God. And there, I think this is so important because it enables every single one of us who loves God and who's full of the Holy Spirit to be a messenger of the gospel. We don't have to have great lofty speech, irresistible arguments, incredible logic. We just need to be full of the Spirit of God and willing to let him move through us and operate through us. And that's the, that is the incredible, wonderful mystery of this message. So this message itself, we said, didn't we, yesterday, that it, buenos dias, Flor, this message itself comes with power. It's got, like, as we're speaking and telling about Jesus and the wonderful things, the mystery of God's um, plan that he would come in in human form as we're talking about this there is god himself is breathing into it his very power his very spirit and we can be confident that he will then back it up with the signs and wonders and the miracles and paul was very um he was very adept in moving in signs and wonders. It wasn't he. We, we've got stories of people being healed just literally when his shadow t- touches them. Or when, oh, sorry, that was Peter, I think. But when Paul's apron or his sweaty hanky was put on people, they were healed. And we know that he raised people from the dead. So Paul was not a baby in those things. He was accomplished in those things in his But in his own self, when he was presenting himself before people, he was wanting them not to see him, but to see Jesus. He wanted to be this trembling leaf in the wind of the great power of the Spirit of God. Come on. Woohoo! And so he says, you know, this this was what was going on among you. I was here trembling, but God was here in power. And Paul goes on to talk later in his second book to the Corinthians. In 2 Corinthians, he says, I'd rather boast in my weakness. Um, He says, I'm not going to boast in my accomplishments, but I'm going to boast in my weakness. He says, therefore, I will boast all the more gladly of my weaknesses so that the power of Christ may rest in me. Now, I don't think what he's saying is I go around living a careless, sloppy Christian life, which is full of sin and bad stuff. He's not saying that so that Christ can be seen in me. What he's saying is, listen, I'm just going to continue to say how weak I am and how great he is and how small I am. Paul's name, Paul, means small. And it's like God gave him that name, didn't he? And it was his name for for evermore. It'll, Paul will be known as small. That's my name too. So I'm kind of the same. So it's we're small, but he's great. He's vast. He's wonderful. And it's him we're proclaiming, not ourselves. We're not trying to 
get disciples for ourselves. Paul's saying, listen, it's not about whether you follow Peter or Apollos or Paul. It's about following Jesus and let's not divide him up. And but let's let's not make the preacher the thing. Let's make the message. Let's make the person of the message, Jesus himself. Let's make him the thing. So then he goes on to say, verse six, he says, yeah, among the mature, we do impart wisdom. This is an interesting one because he's saying, hold on, we don't we don't come with this elevated sense of wisdom and grandeur and all this puff and stuff. Um, he's but then he goes on to say, yet, yet, having said that, yet among the mature, we do impart wisdom. This is really interesting. I think this is challenging and I think I don't I'm not saying I've got the final word on this, but he says, although it is not a wisdom of this age or of the rulers of this age who are doomed to pass away. So it's not seven steps to being a successful Internet entrepreneur or it's not the five secrets to triple your business or to kind of whatever to net billions this year it's not that kind of wisdom but he says we impart we're seven so it's not from it's not the stuff that this age is kind of built on it's not the kind of wisdom that is valued out there in the the kind of commercial world or in the intellectual world excuse me he says verse seven but we impart a secret and hidden wisdom of god which God decreed before the ages for our glory, for our glory. Just say our, our glory. That's yours and mine. Those who are called to be part of this incredible church around the world, this called out ones, these ecclesia, the people of God around the world. He's saying this hidden secret wisdom, which has been around since before the world was made, this is for our glory. This is this is incredible. Right, now what did he say in the end of chapter one? He said, and because of him, you are in Christ Jesus, verse 30 of chapter one, who became to us wisdom from God. So wisdom is not a set of formulas. It's not the five steps to quadruple your business or to multiply to the factor of 200 your turnover it's not that this with the wisdom of god this secret hidden wisdom of god is a person this is jesus christ himself he is the wisdom paul says he has become to us wisdom from god righteousness and sanctification and redemption so this is the incredible wisdom of god that he sends jesus he comes himself is in the form of a human being called jesus of nazareth god himself walks the face of the earth and gives himself to us we become his disciples we become his children we're baptized into jesus we become submersed infused with him caught up with him and Jesus said didn't he in John 17 he said to the as he was praying to the father he says I've given them i.e my disciples and the ones who will come after so the ones who are current now the the ones we're here talking about in the garden but the ones who will come after he says I've given them the glory 
for you gave me the value, the esteem, the honour, the, the beauty, the brightness, the shining glory. I've given them, you and me, the glory, Father, Jesus talking, I've given them, my disciples, the glory that you gave me, that they may be one as you and I are one. And so them and you, you and me, and all, all this whole thing. And he's saying, listen, this is, Paul is saying, this is the wisdom of God, that you and I, the broken, the vulnerable, the not many mighty, the not many noble birth people, that whole crowd, that motley crew, and sometimes I do look at God's people and say, what a motley crew, <laughs> me included. And that motley crew, that wonderful motley crew, somehow are become part of Jesus himself. So we are formed into his body and we come into unity and he fills us with his spirit and he fills us with his glory and he demonstrates to the world his nature, his power, his love, his undying affection for the world. He demonstrates that for you and me. That is a glorious thing. There is nothing more glorious than seeing the people of God really flowing in the Holy Spirit, in unity, in love for with each other, just kind of being God's people together, moving in power. That is a very, very, very beautiful thing. And he said, this secret wisdom, this is a person, this is the Christ, this is the one he's given us. And our, our pursuit of wisdom must be to pursue Jesus, him, Self, who is the embodiment of every bit of the wisdom of God. Let's be consumed with him first and foremost. Let him be our first love, our first passion, our first thought in the morning. So he says we impart a secret wisdom, a secret and hidden wisdom which God decreed for before the ages for our glory. None of the rulers of this age understood this, for if they had, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. But as it is written, what no eye has seen, nor ear heard, nor the heart of man imagined, what God has prepared for those who love him. And Paul is quoting, He's he seems to be quoting the scripture, however, it isn't one that we've got, but what he's doing here, he's kind of summing up the scripture. I think he's kind of encapsulating all the scripture and he's saying, as it is written. And if we actually read the scripture and understand it and see it with the eyes of revelation, we realize that this is, the, this is actually what the Bible's saying, that no eye has seen nor ear heard, nor the heart of man has even imagined what God has prepared for those who love him. And this is it. This is for our glory. God has prepared this for our glory and nobody's seen it. But of course, he says in um, verse eight, he says, none of the rulers of this age understood this. Otherwise, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. So the rulers of this age, and Paul does seem to have a concept of spiritual and earthly beings who are in possession of authority who seem to be able to influence the course of history and make big decisions <clears throat> on behalf of I don't know 
uh, yeah, just they're, they're, they have power. And we look in um, Psalm 2 and we could talk a lot about it, about these authorities, these princes and principalities and powers, whether they be human or spiritual, whether they're, whether they are a kind of angelic being or what, whoever it is who's influencing these things, whoever the decision makers are in the cosmic realm. Good morning, Paul. They didn't understand who Jesus is or what he was bringing and making available to the earth because they otherwise they would not have crucified him. They just failed to see the significance. And people to this day fail to see the significance of Jesus. And they relegate him into the realms of people like Gandhi. Great guy, but nothing like Jesus. He was influential, but Jesus was the only one who could ever say, if you've seen me, you've seen God. He's the only one who could ever say, I am the way, the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. There is no other name under heaven given amongst men whereby we must be saved other than the name of Jesus. Right. So anyway, so they didn't understand and people still don't understand and sad for them because Jesus has is the doorway into all of God's promises for you and me, which is just truly incredible. So verse 10, he says, These things God has revealed to us through the Spirit, for the Spirit searches everything, even the depths of God. Oh, there goes the dog. For who knows a person's thought except the Spirit of that person which is in him? So also no one comprehends the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God. And so Paul's saying, listen, we want to understand these things. It's no good trying to comprehend them with the human mind because that is limited. And particularly when we apply the human mind to the mysteries and the the inexhaustible kind of majesty of God, we realise that our thoughts are not his thoughts. And, and as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are his thoughts higher than our thoughts. And so it's only through the spirit of God that we begin to connect and understand and see. <laughs> Thanks, Fran. And understand and see the, um, the spiritual truths and these spiritual things. So he says... Um, it is only through the spirit of God who actually knows and understands and can see and fathom the mind of God. And so he says, verse 12, now we have received not the spirit of this world, not the spirit of the world. But the spirit who is from God, that we might understand the things freely given to us by God. Isn't that incredible? So God has given us his spirit to help us understand what God has freely given us in himself. And so Paul talks about, I pray that the eyes of your hearts will be open. He talks about that in the book of Ephesians. I pray that the eyes of your hearts will be open, that you may see. And and so, listen, this is we need the spirit of God to even see and understand what God has in store for us. 
but we might understand the things he's freely given us by God. And we impart these in words not taught by human wisdom, but taught by the Spirit, interpreting spiritual truths to those who are spiritual. Now, if we are spiritual and our our ears and eyes are open to what the, the Holy Spirit is saying, we'll be able to understand these truths and connect with them. But if we're spiritually dull, I'm going to shut the door. Sorry, but if we're spiritually dull, we will miss all these things. And um, we need to stay alive and stay alert to the Holy Spirit and keep keep tuned into him. But he says, um, now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, that we might understand the things freely given us by God. And we impart this in words not taught by human wisdom, but taught by the spirit, interpreting truths to those who are spiritual. And the job of the teacher, the spiritual, you know, the pastor, the teacher, um, is to take the things of the spirit and break them down and pour them into God's lovely people. Now, I don't know if you've ever seen, um, <laughs> I was talking to someone who's in a church planting situation and they were saying, how do you kind of, you know, it's new to me, how you kind of find a diet to feed people on and to kind of preach how do you know what to preach on it and I said well I kind of work on the seagull principle so I'm going to share the seagull principle with you um, if you've ever seen a uh, mummy or daddy seagull which we have too many of possibly in Weymouth <laughs> it can be really annoying Captain Squawky hope you know hope you're listening out there um, if you uh, when when a mummy or daddy seagull arrives at the nest it doesn't present them with a fish the babies but what it does is eaten something it's eaten something out there it's probably been in your dustbin and found some disgusting thing that semi-rotten and it's <laughs> gorged itself on that it turns up to the nest and the baby seagull pecks the little red dot on the bottom of the beak and that in juices in the mummy or daddy seagull a gag reflex which then (laughs) listen this is important it stimulates a gag reflex which makes the seagull plop out some of what it's just eaten which is semi-digested so it's been in the seagull's gut it's been acted on by the digestive juices already and the seagull plops it out and the baby seagull eats this disgusting (laughs) mush that's come from mummy or daddy's gut. Now, I, I, what I do is I feed myself on the word. I eat and drink the word of God and I reflect on it and I meditate on it and I break it down and I think about it and try to kind of understand the wisdom of God that's embodied in that scripture. And then when I come and stand up in front of God's people... <laughs> Fran says, I'm, if you can't see this on the radio, Franz just commented on Facebook saying, er, I'm eating breakfast. <laughs> but then I, I give out what I've already been digesting and reflecting on and what's been doing me good. I share that with God's people. And I, <laughs> I hope that's not too revolting. But anyway, that's my, that's my principle, the seagull principle. You heard it here first. 
Anyway, let's wrap this baby up. So he says now, uh, so we've not received the spirit of the world. So we're talking about a different spirit. We're talking about the Holy Spirit who lives in us when we receive Jesus. And he's the one who takes the this hidden wisdom of God, breaks it down, shares it with us and brings life to our bodies. And the job of the preacher and teacher is to regurgitate the stuff that God has been putting in their heart and dropping into them and feeding them with and, and just nourishing God's people <laughs> through that. And actually, mums and dads, your job is the same, our job is the same, that we break down those spiritual truths and we give them to our children and we look for ways to teach them in the course of life. And just as we go about our day and find ourselves in different situations, we try to bring instruction um, in th- from those situations that we find ourselves in as a family and try and make them kind of opportunities for learning and say look this reminds me of something that God said or this reminds me of something Jesus said or do you remember when Jesus was bloody blah and he did such and such this is like this isn't it we should you know and then use use those opportunities to teach and instruct so here we go so we 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 impart this in words not taught by human wisdom, but taught by the spirit, interpreting spiritual truths to those who are spiritual. The natural person does not accept the things of God, verse 14, for they are folly to him or her, and he is not able to understand them because they're spiritually discerned. We can have our our ears open, but our heart switched off, and fail to comprehend anything that is being taught to us on that level. So we need to have our hearts open to God and welcome the Holy Spirit into our hearts and say, God, let me learn this hidden wisdom that is Jesus. Let me, let me learn, let me hear you speaking through your word to me day by day. When we sit down with the Bible, we don't need to read the whole book at once. We can just read a few verses and say, God, speak to me today. Let my heart be open. Let me be a spiritual person who's able to hear what you're saying. Okay, moving on. The spiritual person judges all things, but is himself to be judged by no one. For he who has understood the mind of the, the Lord, sorry, beg your pardon, for who has understood the mind of the Lord as to instruct him, but we have the mind of Christ. Now this, I think, has been one of the most kind of misunderstood, perhaps on occasions, verses in the Bible. What he's saying is, listen, there is something that comes as we're following after Jesus with all our heart and with all our soul and we're living our lives in submission and surrender and openness to the Holy Spirit, we're able to make decisions in the moment. We're able to make a kind of quick um, decision without having to spend a lot of time praying about it. We can actually hear the Spirit of God speaking to us and bring in a judgment, which way we should go, or what's the right thing to do in this situation. That's a judgment. That's not bringing condemnation down on this person for this or that or the other. This is about learning how to discern and walk day by day. And the spiritual person is able, and leaders and parents, we have to be able to say to our 
our children or the people that we're working with. No, that's not the way we're going to go. We're not going to take that route. That or no, that attitude, that behavior isn't going to work in this family. That's not okay. And explain. And so we we do make judgments, and we need to be full of the spirit of wisdom as we make those judgments. Otherwise, we're just operating on the basis of our own personal preferences, which is not the same as spiritual leadership. And so Paul's saying um, that the spiritual person is able to make these judgments. um, And when it says is judged by no one, we are. We are judged by Jesus. We will be judged by Jesus. He will examine everything we do. But at the same time, there's something that 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 we just need to walk in that confidently and not try and imagine what everyone else in the whole world might think of what we've done. And so we're not in, in intimidated by other people's uh, judgments or thoughts on us. Verse 16, finally, for who has understood the mind of the Lord so as to instruct him, but we have the mind of Christ. And Paul's saying, listen, if we're full of the Holy Spirit, we can actually think God thoughts. We can actually have a God reflex. We can we can actually bring a godly reaction into this situation. May God bless you with that spirit of wisdom. May the spirit of Jesus fill you today. May the person of Jesus who is wisdom himself fill you and captivate your heart every single moment of every day. In Jesus' name, God bless you. Have an amazing day, guys.